You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right, with host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am super excited about today's conversation with you. Our fall season started with the first four weeks dedicated to first responders, public safety professionals, and families of 9-11. This is also a month of call to action for us, for us to act in our shared interest and embrace what unites us for our common cause. Our common cause for humanity, embracing life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness as we work together to continually make perfect our imperfect union. Change, especially positive change, happens only when we are willing and able to be honest, introspective, and willing to examine ourselves and look at different perspectives to bring a wide array of solutions and thought processes to the problems at hand. We continue our conversation on public safety with the episode Balancing Strength and Nurturing women in public safety. Traditionally, public safety has been a male profession, but over time, women have entered the profession and brought about the much needed diversity of thought, solutions, and culture. It is not the easiest profession for women to be in because females in the profession not only face the traditional risks of the public sector, public safety sector, but have the added exposure unique to that of women. These are our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, our aunts. And these women go out there and deal with societal challenges as well as shape the world by bursting the stereotypes. As we spend the month honoring our first responders and grappling with the public safety dilemmas of the day, We will be remiss if we do not explore the role and impact of the women in the profession. Today, engaged with strong role model female public safety professionals to understand their journey, their continuation and contribution, and their challenges is going to be our topic. As we empower our goals and shape our communities, let's showcase the strength of nurturing public safety. I have the privilege and honor to have Wanda and Sean on this episode to explore the much-needed balance, just like Goldilocks strives to find that balance. Understanding how we can best embody both strength and nurturing as we build a more community-friendly and mutually respectful society that works for one and all. Wanda and Sean, welcome to the show, and thank you in advance for bringing the feminine perspective to our community, public safety. Welcome to the show, Sean. Well, welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Henry. I was just absolutely excited and humbled that uh, you would even consider 
having myself and Wanda on, and uh, we're we're very excited as well to be able to participate and maybe give a little bit different view and, you know, give some input of why we are in EMS and public safety and why we love it and why we continue uh, to advance our careers. Beautiful. What you ladies do and the women in your profession do is absolutely magnificent because not many of us will have the wherewithal and the fortitude to deal with what you deal with, see what you see, and still keep that positivity. What always fascinates me about ladies like you is that you have not lost your idealism. You have not lost that positivity, and you still show up every day to work after a 24-hour shift that can be really, really horrible, but you show up with that positivity that you can make change no matter what. So what I want to do is actually give you an opportunity to talk about what attracted you to the profession and what keeps you engaged and what makes you feel like you are making a difference and wants you to continue to do what you do. Well, I'm a little bit different in that this is my second career. Um, mm-hmm. EMS is a, public safety is a a young person's high drive, you know, lots of uh, passion kind of uh, uh, career. Uh, and I kind of went at it a little bit backwards, unfortunately. And uh, I have been a paramedic for over 10 years now. Uh, I've been on with the Chicago Fire Department for around three. Um, and I have to tell you, I love it more every day, um, and, there's, and there's reasons for that. When I first initially decided I wanted to go to, uh, more into an EMS role for my second career, it was definitely more the adrenaline um, mm-hmm. drive that I have and the excitement. But what I think is kind of interesting is what has kept me having that drive and that passion <sighs> Every time, every every shift I go in, I learn something new, and I absolutely love that. Um, there's so many gray areas in medicine. Um, mm-hmm. You cannot get complacent and think, you know, um, A and B and C. You know, you have to be able to think, uh, you know, it's kind of a cliche term, but outside that box, you have to be ready for anything, and you can't get a tunnel vision. But uh, what I've loved is that, Every day I learn something, I learn something that I didn't know, or I I look back and I try to almost debrief every shift, think, what did I do well, and what would I have done differently on each call, uh, on each medical call? And I love that, and I love being able to have uh, people like Wanda, and I've got a great resource, uh, a group of resources that from nurses to physicians uh, to other paramedics that we are able to banter back and forth and be like, well, why didn't you try this? Or why didn't you think about that? Um, and it just only makes you a better medic on many different levels. And so it's, 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 it's really neat, though, that every shift, I think, you know, I can't speak for Wanda, but we still have that passion and that drive, which is nice because I think it does show uh, in the care that you, that you give your patients. That, that is such a wonderful explanation that you have given because being a career changer than the way you approached it is very different from what somebody who entered the profession as a young paramedic would have approached it. Right. Well, yeah, I'd like to, 
I'd like to think that I can bring a little bit more of uh, life experience yes, to the definitely. table. Yes, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, But I am old. Yeah, let's be realistic. Uh, have, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. So when a young person <laughs> enters the profession, they are coming in with a different perspective because this is their first job, right? And traditionally, that's where the firefighter paramedic careers start at a younger age. And then there are those who pick it up as a second profession after military or after other professions. And then they bring a completely additional perspective to the public safety world because they've already had another career in another arena. And then that informs and shapes the way we all uh, function in our second career. Right, right. And, And I do... I do enjoy it. And I mean, you know, obviously with that second career, you better enjoy it because, you know, this is the last half of, you know, uh, you want to give it your all. And and I do try to do that every shift, uh, you know, give it your all and, and always be, have that open mind that you can. No one, no one has all the right answers. Nobody knows everything and that you can always, you can learn, you can have that teachable moment that learning lesson, whether it's on what you did well or what you would do different next time. You know, I think it's just that open mind. And I think women, women in general are good about that. Um, with, as females, you know, we wear many different hats at home. And I think that's what makes us good in EMS uh, in that pre-hospital setting because you can't get that tunnel vision and you may have to wear different hats on every single different call uh, that you have in a 24-hour shift. Uh, and I think I think that's a real attribute that we as, as women have and that we can bring to the table. Uh, not that, that men don't uh, have that you can't bring that to the table as well, but it's always it's always nice to have a, a different perspective, whether yeah. it's a man or a mm-hmm. woman, younger, older, uh, whoever that may be. It's always nice. Yeah, and women, as women, we are wired a little differently. Let's face it. No matter how much we talk about, we are the same. We are different but equivalent. We're not identical. And so I think it's a great opportunity for me to bring Wanda in, somebody who's been in the profession, who's done a lot of work to pave the way for other women to enter the profession. So Wanda, welcome to the show. Go ahead and tell us what brought you into the profession and how have you enjoyed actually shaping the profession and helping other women get into the profession and succeed in the profession? Well, um, let me start by saying... uh, I got into EMS, and uh, it was something just that fell in my lap. It was serendipitous. Um, I worked in a clinic. I saw paramedics come in and rush in and save our day, and I thought, well, I think I could do that. And then my journey started. Uh, I went to EMT school, and then I decided to go to paramedic school because I wanted to know more. Uh, Mind you, I was in my early 30s. I already had a career also. Mm -hmm. Um, I already was a mother of two. Um, So there were all kinds of challenges involved in going to school, affording the the, the program itself, getting in the um, time management that I needed to uh, be a mother, um, a daughter, a wife, and an EMS provider. Um, So uh, 25 years as a paramedic, Mm -hmm. 20 with the fire department, I'm currently a commander at Ambulance 65 and proud to say that all my shifts, I have female officers in charge. So um, I'm thinking that this is a pretty big deal because we're the only firehouse that has that so far. 
Definitely. And Chicago Fire Department, the EMS, is actually headed by a female commissioner and the entire leadership is predominantly all women, which is a fabulous, fabulous development, especially for those of us who live in the community and who get the benefit of the good balance of that feminine traits being brought into the public safety. So how does it feel to be a part of a female-led, female-driven organization? And how do you find the balance for that male perspective? Because that gender balance is necessary regardless. Well, that's a really loaded question. Um, you know, I'm going to throw that one to Sean for a second. Um, as a new person and maybe an observer, um, I've witnessed uh-huh. many administrative changes, and I've seen the role of women uh, come up. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe Sean can at least give the, the new perspective of it, and then I'll comment on, uh, on the growth that I've seen. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah. And obviously, Wanda, with the great experience that she has and her being, you know, an officer, uh, and I've learned uh, much from her. Uh, I was blessed to meet her during our master's program. Um, and then, of course, you know, that relationship has carried on. And I'm very lucky in that I have those role models, those pioneers who have already who've already set the way and set the pathway. Um, every... You know, EMS, if I have a couple of my numbers correct, EMS itself has around 28 to 30% of females across the nation. And we are very lucky to have some very strong role models uh, who have been on for numerous years and, and made that pathway and made it easier for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And I look to them, uh, and they have great guidance for me. Um now, in other departments, uh, obviously I can't speak for them, but they may not have the, you know, be as lucky as what I am to be mm-hmm. able to have that. And one of the things that they, they have truly taught me is we bring something different to the table, mm-hmm. which is great, but yet we still have to prove ourselves and and that's okay not just physically but mentally as well um because it's you they both have to be in the game it's not just a physical lifting brute uh brute strength it's also mental tactics i call it and wanda has taught me that and it's been wonderful that you go in you prove yourself you earn your keep you may not necessarily change this big brotherhood lack of a better term but you go in there and you and you show them that, hey, I've got what it takes and mm-hmm. I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to do my job. Um, and then you can change things baby step-wise. And they've allowed me to have that privilege. Um, and, of course, Wanda that can give you more of the feedback. And, and it's amazing because I do believe even when you look at, you know, you may not think that 10 years is a – is a is a long time, but I can tell you, um, these women that have set the pathway for myself have made huge strides, and it's just wonderful that now we have women in every level, from exempt rank to officers, um, you know, in every level that we have of EMS, and that, and I think that says a lot. That and they're still there. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a couple exempt ranks that. You know, they're 30 plus years and they still love it. And how nice is that, that we have those as role models? 
I know, I know. And that is that is where we want the society to go, right? Men and women working side by side, bringing their physical, intellectual, and emotional strength to the workplace so that we have a balance in everything we do and we do it in a way that it meets our societal needs. So I'm happy to hear uh, how you guys are feeling and how you are functioning. And Chicago EMS is actually is at the leading edge of that. But Chicago is not an easy city. Chicago is very diverse. We have big business. We have a heavy influx of people from all the three states, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, coming in for work. City of Chicago is larger than the city because the suburbia comes into the city. So you have an entire influx of daytime population. Your women who have families and who are juggling 24-hour shifts while being mothers and wives and uh, sisters and caregivers, right? And then you also have to deal with the day-to-day issues of gangs and drugs and gun and poverty and homelessness. Throw into that tourism and terrorist threats. How do you deal with that emotionally and still cope with it to come back whole the next day? Well, Jeff, um, my perspective is that that we deal with it by getting up in the morning, putting mm-hmm. on our shoes, getting to work, and we walk in with our cup of compassion. And that mm-hmm. compassion is filled. Um, 24 hours later, it may not be as full as it was when you walked in, but mm-hmm. it's one call at a time, and we try and maintain our professionalism. And uh, I'm thinking um, many of us believe that we're advocates. Uh, and that this is a vocation for us. So um, it's one drama, one emergency, um, one call at a time, um, and always not enough um, in between to, to mm-hmm. be able to refresh yourself. Um, but you put on your face, your game face, your head's in the game, mm-hmm. and um, you go on. Um, you have to deal with your own personal morals and provide the best standard of care that you can in spite of the violence and, you know, the threats that we have and, uh, you know, the organized crime and and all Mm -hmm. that we are subject to. Um, I love where you started the conversation with having a full cup of compassion and then hanging on to your moral compass. So I want to build on that thought. Let's pick this conversation up as soon as we get back from our break. your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker look no further than dr cass henry cass is available to speak to your company she also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops these seminars can integrate learning and development customer service processes and financial growth positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. 
These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. You are joining the show where we have two wonderful, experienced female public safety professionals. Wanda and Sean are here as my guest as we explore how women in the profession are helping shape not just the career in the profession itself, but also how we engage in the community to bring about the much-needed balance and the safety net that we are all crying out very loud for. Welcome back to the show, Wanda and Sean. Thank you. As we went for break, we were talking about, and Wanda, you brought this up, that, you know, the importance of bringing a cup full of compassion every morning and knowing that it's going to run out and knowing that you have your moral compass to always, always guide you through that process. And that is not something everybody in every profession bring into the workplace. But if they did, our world would be a much, much better place. What gives you the personal strength and courage to take that approach? Because kindness takes far more courage than being rude and mean. Well, I think... This goes again to uh, feeling as though you were called and that you are at the right place in the right time. Um, I was called to help other people. I believe that I, I can walk into a situation, an emergency. I can sift through things. I can use a filter if I can uh, at times mm-hmm. and decide what's most important, what needs to go now. Um, so it is multitasking and at the same time, uh, reassuring and not allowing the situation to escalate. So um, I'm thinking that a lot of it is control, Cass. Um, it's my ability to get good at what I'm doing. Uh, my mm-hmm. experience helps me be a better paramedic champion, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, on a call or in, you know, uh, a staging area or whatever. It's having a high sense of alert and knowing that it's my job it's my role to be the one to make it better. Mm-hmm. So do you ladies feel that being the having that maternal instinct and having that I need to take charge and protect my what is mine, my family, my people, that has a pl- role here that it actually it brings to the surface a deeper strength? It's part of your character, I believe. Okay. It's what makes you credible. It, it, it's what makes you the, you know, um, the sigh of relief when you come on the scene. People look to you. 
mm-hmm. and um, you have to have um, the ability to uh, be resilient and mm-hmm. have a poker face and to take care of business. That's true, because if you don't come across calm, then pandemonium breaks, right? Absolutely. And that is totally, totally understandable. So as we look at a community like Chicago with all its beauty and all its tumultuousness, what are some of the unique challenges that women face in the profession? Because everybody in the profession face a set of challenges, but then by the very nature of being female, we have additional set of issues we have to deal with. What are some of those? Do you have any examples of some of those situations to kind of highlight how you have been successfully able to deal with them? Well, um, with the city and its diversity, you know, certain ethnic groups, um, the way they view women and treat women uh, within their own small society often mm-hmm. reflects on how when we come on a scene. Um, you know, I'm the officer. I'm the one that is going to run this call, and yet mm-hmm. I am the last person to find out what is going on. Um, so there are barriers that we have to break. Um, okay. You do have to kind of raise your hand and make sure you get the attention of everybody there. That's and, true. And um, you have to communicate well. Mm-hmm. You have to communicate well and still try to be respectful um, mm-hmm. in as much as you can, you know. Of the cultural diversity and where this people in the situation are coming from, I'm assuming. That's correct. That's mm-hmm. correct. So, Sean, what has been your experience based on your tenure in the profession? Um, for the same question? Um, yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree with Wanda, and she brings up wonderful points, because I, I almost consider us, it, it's very interesting, because abs- what is, you'll get a call, uh, you'll mm-hmm. get a medical call, and it'll say one certain thing is the issue, um, and that's why you're being called. You will get on scene, and you will find out it is something totally different. Uh, it may be, you know, they stated that it was a male of 32 years of age, and it is a female that is 19. Uh, you know, obviously you okay. can't get that tunnel vision. But she makes a great point on the de-escalation. Whenever someone is calling us, it is obviously their emergency. So emotions are always high. That stress response, right, has been elicited. And mm-hmm. we have to come on scene and kind of, you know, um, you know, stand proudly with the big stick, you know, trying to be that officer, run the show, run the medical call, um, but yet have that situational awareness is what I call it to what's going on around us and to be able to de-escalate the situation. We'll find out that it may be a medical call, but we're really playing more of a social worker role mm-hmm. um, or we're de-escalating because uh, someone who got there first before you um, has escalated the emotions and now we have to come in and take it down a notch in order to get the best medical history because the end goal is to do what's best for the patient. And you're never going to go wrong, never going to get in trouble, moral, ethically, uh, if you're doing what's best for the patient. Um, and that's where I think the females do a good job of coming in and wearing those multi-hats, being the multitasker like Wanda was mm-hmm. talking about, coming in, re- assessing the situation and not assessing it from what you, what you think you're going to, the call, mm-hmm. what you think it is, is once you get there assessing it then, almost couple seconds by a couple seconds by a couple seconds, right? And you have to uh-huh. be flexible 
and kind of, okay, I thought it was this, and now I have to go backtrack, and now I think it's, you know, it's another pathway that we're going down. Okay. Um, okay. And I think those are challenges, but uh, I think us as females, we do a good job with that. Yes, and naturally, we have the gift of being able to parallel task, and we also have the ability to be agile in choices because we are used to doing multiple things at different levels as we are, you know, the very nature in which we are wired. So that I can understand where this is going to have a positive play, but at the same time, we also have to be conscious that not every community we walk into is going to be willing to listen to what a woman has to say. And then that is part of understanding the culture and the community and finding a way to not let that bubble up to the surface, but keep in perspective the issue at hand, which is the health emergency of the person, right? So that right. makes total, total sense. So what have you in this process, both of you, tell me in your own words, maybe even a paint a vignette, what have you learned about yourself through this process by doing this? Because normally we all come away from situations having learned something about ourselves. What was the big lesson learned about yourself? Wanda, you can go first. Oh, Wanda can go first. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are uh, okay. you are my boss, so I will let, allow well, you to go first. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, the lesson that I have learned, and there's a lesson every day, and yes. that's what I try and teach the newer paramedics, is walk away with something. If it's good, great. Tuck that in your head. If it's not so good, don't be like that then, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, push it aside. Um, the lesson I've learned is that um, I was always a, a, a pretty good teacher um, mm-hmm. and that my best teaching is done by example, and that is my, my lesson. Um, I will show you. I will do it with you. Um, and the bar never drops, at least for, uh, you know, the paramedics that I know. Our standards are high. Um, we have a vision of resilience and strength and quality. We want to give quality care. So um, in between that, the lesson is stay grounded, maintain your humanity if you can, and that's the toughest one. Mm -hmm. And um, try and remember that everybody's got a story, you know, and it's hard. 24 hours is hard. You can't listen to everybody's story, but some people deserve that extra few minutes. I know, I know. And I know it's hard to go 24 hours without a break from situation to situation, especially when people in that circumstances are not giving you the benefit of that humanity, right? Sometimes that can happen oh, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the real deal. Uh, mm-hmm. And the real deal when you're on scene with the patient or you're working with a fire suppression company on an emergency mm-hmm. or you're doing a standby, um, the real deal is huge. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you realize you are part of this department, the Chicago Fire Department, mm-hmm. and um, that you're part of the family and that we're all going to go home. Mm-hmm. And you make sure everybody gets home because that's what we do, right, in the profession. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sean? Well, I agree with Wanda on multiple aspects of that is every day we learn something. If you're really doing what I talk about, what I talked about earlier about that debriefing, right? Mm-hmm. What what did you do well? What did you not do well? But one of the things I feel that I learned about myself, I think there's two individuals out there. There are reactors and there's mm-hmm. responders. 
Um, and I definitely, in my earlier years, cough, cough, um, was a reactor. And the okay. one thing to keep grounded, like Wanda was speaking about, you have to respond, you have to de-escalate, you have to be able, if you are responding and keeping grounded, you will make better decisions, which will then give better care to your patient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's that equation, you know, and it, and it, and it, it continues to, to move forward. The other thing I have definitely learned about myself, I, I had to get thicker skin. Um, in order to get through a 24-hour shift, there's some things you have to let go. And mm-hmm. then there are some things that you need to prioritize and be like, all right, I have, I got to figure this out. I need to solve it. I need to get an answer, uh, whatever that may be, uh, that closure for yourself mentally. But there are some things that you're just going to have to let go that you can't change right then and there. Um, and I think us as women, we're good at that. Uh, we're like, all right, let's prioritize. Let's move on. Uh, let's, let's solve what we can and move on what we can't. That makes so total, total sense. And I hear where you're coming from. So as you go through that process of self-assessment evaluation and what can I do differently, what can I do better, you're also coaching and mentoring and guiding the rest of the team. It's harder to do that with somebody else because unless they want to go through that process, you can't force them through it, right? So what are some of the tips for folks like you in other departments, other functions, trying to build a team that is compassionate, that is grounded, that is calm, regardless of the circumstances, so that the team can function and everybody can go home? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I suppose because I've been on the street for so long, I know who my players Mm -hmm. are. Um, So I look for a familiar face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to say that we didn't start the fire, um, but we can see it in somebody's eyes when they really want to jump in and help, and they mm-hmm. really want to be a part of, of whatever you're doing. Um, so I try and give as much direction as I can, and then after a call, I'll say, you know, you did this real well. I use a lot of compliments, mm-hmm. a lot of positive feedback. Is there anything special you want me to go over with you? Did you want me to go over airways with you? You did a good job. You maintained that airway. This was a group effort. And uh, we never take credit, at least from the people that I know, um, mm-hmm. of doing something single-handedly. Um, it was, it's all of us. We all did it. We all succeeded. We, we all saved that person. Um, mm-hmm. We all responded to the call, and it was a win. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think uh, I look for that little light in people's eyes when they're just, you know, itching to, to be a part of what you're doing. And I pull them right in. I pull them right in, and I, and I make them part of my team. Mm-hmm. And I have been teaching your profession for 18 years now, and I've had you come to class after a 24-hour shift. I have had firefighters and paramedics come into class after being out fighting a fire and having people die in their arms. Yeah. And you don't stop to take a break. You come, pick up the pieces, and move on to the next thing, even if it means coming to class and being in class for eight hours to finish your education because you also want to improve yourself to improve the performance you're giving your community and the way you serve your community. Where do you get that kind of strength that most people will say, you know what, I'm going to call on sick 
it's only a class, I'll miss it. Or, you know, I don't have to give my 100% because to you, it is a matter of life and death when you show up in situations. So what can somebody else in another profession take from this situation so that they, A, appreciate how good they have and B, how they can apply some of this in their life. Because the thing that bothers me most is no matter what happens, everybody is a person. This is humanity we're dealing with and right, wrong, or indifferent. Having that compassion and respect and morality is what's going to make us better as a society. And yet we have so much problem across the country, issues where the community doesn't trust the public safety professionals, public safety professionals are called into an ambush, are put in situations, and sometimes we have bad public safety professionals at times, right? Police correctional officers. So how can we take a page from your experience and what you're telling based on your uh, uh, life story, right? This is your reality. How can somebody else take a page from this and make things better in our own communities. John. <laughs> now it's my turn. Well, yeah. it's kind of a two-faceted question there. So first let me address, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Henry, if I'm totally off. One of your, your first question was, what do we personally do to, to come to the table to, for every day to come correct and have that moral compass have that, you know, not literally have the cup of coffee, but, you know, literally have the cup of, compa- you know, the compassion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if that, if I'm correct, I, I've got yes. a couple things uh-huh. there. Um, it's kind of funny uh, because I will never forget it. Uh, a couple years ago, I had a, I'm a, uh, a fur, my, I have fur babies. I unfortunately uh-huh. do not have real babies. So okay. I've taken this dog that I had to this trainer who was not, you know, acting correctly. And he's like, well, you have to mentally stimulate and release the dog and physically as well. Running them doesn't do everything. So I got to thinking, I was like, well, I think that might be correct in humans. So one of the things, physically, I do yoga in order to release. You have to have some kind of physical release, right, on Mm -hmm. your days off to rejuvenate um, and physically so you can do those lifts and carries, but also... Mm -hmm. You know, the endorphins, the epinephrine, the serotonin levels, you know, are, are an okay. important aspect, especially mm-hmm. for females. Well, then I, I am, I'm going to help you out here and take us to break so that you can finish the thought. Okay. And that'll help you kind of gather up the rest of your answer as we come back from break. Okay. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry dot com. 
for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. We are discussing our episode, Balancing Strength and Nurturing Women in Public Safety. Wanda and Sean are my two guests, two wonderfully experienced Chicago uh, paramedics who have uh, continued to not just shape the profession, but also continue to save our community. Welcome back. And Sean, you were talking about... Um, how you go about replenishing yourself and how do you prime the pump and you were going through the process of yoga so I will let you finish that thought yeah just the physical aspect Mm -hmm. you know I had found yoga was good for me uh, Mm -hmm. to release what was needed and then on the mental aspect uh, one of the things how I met Wanda I started the master's program uh, from SIU uh, for public uh, for uh, public safety and homeland security to kind of stimulate um, in a new way and something that I'd never done before, you know, more mentally. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I was able to ward off, you know, dementia a couple, uh, <laughs> couple of years. We'll see. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> we'll, it's we'll called see. delirium, not dementia. Yes, yes, they do say when you learn a new thing a year, that helps prevent getting dementia and Alzheimer's. So you're right. <laughs> Well, all those 20-page papers you made me write, Dr. Henry, they better no be kidding. Off or something, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Um, so I try to, you know, both of those things, you know, I try to go from the mental and the physical aspect. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm sure Wanda can piggyback and add on to that, but that just seems to have worked for me so mm-hmm. that I can release and replenish and kind of nurture myself in those days off. Um then to be able to have that full cup of compassion when I walk in for that 24-hour shift. That makes sense. And Wanda, how do you go about finding your own personal balance? Well, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have um, a wonderful husband. I have a wonderful mm-hmm. daughter and son. Um, I have a sister who is older than me, um, mm-hmm. but also a role model for me. 
um, and my best friend and partner on the ambulance, uh, Kathy, she is my sounding board. Um, and even in the silence that we have, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are my reprieve. So not only as a paramedic, but as a friend, mm-hmm. um, over a cup of coffee, um, as my mother's caregiver, um, over, you know, a cup of tea and baking with her, um, mm-hmm. I go back to normal life, which is my family, my home, my dogs, mm-hmm. um, my children, um, all those important things that I have, I, I try and balance it, probably not as well as I should. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to also be able to go on a yearly reprieve with my girlfriends, and we <laughs> go out and we're in nature, and we hike, and we talk, and we stare aimlessly, um, and we read, and we read poetry out loud. Um, We have a margarita. Um, Mm -hmm. We decompress from the 24-hour grind that we're susceptible to all year, and Mm -hmm. uh, we, we take in a breath of fresh air, and the environment is different. So um, I remove myself from the environment of a big city, and I go somewhere where, where people smile and say hello, um, mm-hmm. where people are, are, are gentler, um, softer, mm-hmm. uh, than, than the hardness of a, of a big city like Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that is something everybody in every profession has to do, right? Find the balance in their own jobs at the same time. Find the balance and inner peace for themselves so that their entire being comes to what they do and then find time to prime the pump. So that I am and a totally wicked sense of humor. You know, you got to have a wicked sense of humor in order to get you through the tough times. So. That I hear. And I actually yeah. know that you do have a wicked sense of humor. I've <laughs> seen it in action. So, and I can see that actually coming handy, even when you're dealing with a tough situation, you can dish out strength and toughness couched in humor, which goes over better. It has to. It has to get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you mentioned something about community, and I, yes. I guess uh-huh. I kind of wanted to focus just for a moment. Um, Please. So as medics, we're surrounded by many communities that are in dire straits uh, with the violence and the poverty and the homelessness. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking that we're going to have to expand our scope as paramedics and humanitarians to uh, work on a a better community service, Uh, not just the ambulance response, but maybe education to the public, Mm -hmm. um, provide more resources, um, and let people learn how to um, take care of themselves also. Um, Maybe some kind of life skills or something along those lines. Because, you know, out of a 24-hour day, only a handful or two emergencies, and the rest are people's inability to cope. So uh, maybe um, our scope will change a little bit, and there'll be um, a a better service provided Mm -hmm. um, by the fire department and the community, and that includes Mm -hmm. the hospitals, the ERs, the social worker networks, and and all that. Um, Maybe there's, there's a better middle ground we can all work towards. And I'm glad you brought that point up because ultimately this is not about throwing more money and more budget money in staffing up a bigger public safety department, but looking at where are 
the failures happening, how do we prevent those proactively? How do we bring the community together and bring the support system together so that we have fewer number of failures and therefore fewer number of incidences, therefore eliminate the cost? So being proactive truly does shift the equation and bring about a much more positive outcome where our money goes further. And I know for a fact that Two of you, both of you, did a project on this in class, so I am going to put you on the spot and oh, talk okay. about. Um, we did look at the number of ambulance runs the Chicago Fire Department is doing, given the homelessness and how people use the ambulance as a, a proxy for healthcare. And this is not just in the city of Chicago. When I used to live in Huntley, I, there was a retirement community in Del Webb. And all people don't vote to fund school systems or libraries, but they vote to fund the fire department because when they get lonely and scared, they want a paramedic there. Not that they are sick, but they they are afraid, right? So there is that emotional need, that emotional void. So where do you see us taking all the ideas and the knowledge and the solutions you have and the technical strategic components that you have armed yourself with through your education and through your experience, where do you see yourself helping as part of the community to bring this together so that our money walks farther for us as a community? Oh, I see us sitting at a really big table with a lot of Mm -hmm. people and um, maybe focusing in on uh, some primary things like the homelessness and mental health uh, Mm -hmm. prescriptions um, understanding, um, I'm going to say, the use of medications or the lack of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if, if hotline numbers would count or something along that line, but we have to expand um, mm-hmm. our goals, make them simple, uh, mm-hmm. but expand them so that we can actually empower people to, to make some better choices regarding their health, um, their home conditions, and, um, you know, compliance with medications that are life-saving. Um, you know, we find that on the ambulance, we have many people that just call because they want a prescription filled, but they can't get it filled because they don't have the money. So this is like the 10th ER visit, um, and they're hoping that somebody will pass out free meds. I don't know, uh, prescriptions on wheels. I don't know what the solution would be. Um, at this point, but um, there has to be a better direction to uh, give to people um, and, and, and those that call for EMS uh, so that we can um, provide a healthier environment for them and a, 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 a better, uh, um, I'm going to say, mentation uh, in regard to, you know, um, calling for help and, and handling their own problems. Um, they need to feel vested. They mm-hmm. need to feel vested in their own futures um, and not just, uh, you know, victims and who can only call for 911. That, that is such an important point you make, and that is something that we as a community need to start talking about and dealing with, especially as our purses become smaller. We need to yeah. be a little more thoughtful and prudent about how we approach this. But as we go towards our close, I can't believe we're almost towards our hour mark. But what I want to do is actually give both of you an opportunity in a minute or two to briefly talk about 
what would be your advice for young women entering the profession and what do we need to do as a society to set our public safety profession up for success to serve the community that they are here to serve? That's a loaded question, Dr. Henry. Um, <laughs> Just what would be one advice? What would be one advice? Who are considering EMS, it's a tough field. Um, you have to really know yourself and, and, and be strong of spirit and strong of body. Um, you have to pick your battles and, and look to the women that you know, for examples. Um, and remember that you get one opportunity to, to make a difference in EMS. There's no second chances. Um, so know what you're doing, know your field, know your role. Sounds like wrestling. Um, and, and, and know that there's honor and it's a privilege to serve others. So um, have the integrity to do the job right. Unlike other professions, uh, being a pilot, being a paramedic, being a firefighter, being a military officer, police officer, there is no room for error, right? You're expected to be 100% right all the time. There's zero margin of error. If you're an accountant, you can make a few mistakes. Being a doctor is not as, I mean, a doctor is practicing, right? The attorney is practicing. But a paramedic or a police officer or a firefighter cannot say I'm practicing, right? No, there's accountability and liability Mm -hmm. wherever you Mm -hmm. go. Um, There's also a phone and there's also a video. And everybody knows your job, uh, or at least they think they do. Um, So you have to manage and and focus in on your priorities and, um, you know, uh, in in spite of uh, those around you, you have to uh, work on on what is most important um, and and practice and and become proficient and, and rely on your muscle memory in times that are really critical. That is such wonderful advice, and it has. I cannot tell you what a joy it has been to have both Wanda and Sean on my show. I think the world of you, having had you in class and having seen you do what you do in the community, it is an honor and a pleasure, and thank you so very much for making time to sit down and have this conversation with me and help um, my audience and our audience and people in the community get an understanding of what it takes to be a successful female public safety professional. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to my audience for joining us once again to have another week of meaningful conversation. And I would like to make sure that you are aware that I am seeking your feedback and your guidance on what issues matter to you, what your thoughts and feedback are on what we are talking about. So please email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com and I will be sure to share your thoughts, your views, and your ideas in the show as we proceed over the next weeks. And as we go through our life and making the changes we want to make, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there and transform lives. And don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.